Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the podcast from the Marketing Minds at DoYouConvert.com, where we talk about the current state of all things digital and how they impact home builders and developers around the globe. We're not here to sell you. We're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. I'm Kevin Oakley, and with me today, as always, is the ad doctor, Andrew Peake. We are here, episode 163, with Jackie Lipinski. Hello, glad to be back. back. Just came back from the summit. I know, a week off feels like forever, which is really not, it's been, what, 14 days? Um, but like taking that, that week off, yeah, it's strange. And that week off was my fault, but I'm not sorry about it. Sorry, not sorry. Normally we record at the summit. That and someone, I forget who was it that mentioned it, but someone was like, yeah, I, I think it was you, Andrew. It's like, we're not, maybe, maybe it was Mike. Someone's <laughs> like, we don't really get to see you and Kevin as much around the cocktail reception because you guys are mm. over there recording a podcast for an hour, hour and a half. Well, there's like <laughs> set up the takedown, like, yeah. Yeah. And I kind of struck me as, yeah, I don't want to do that this time. I'm selfishly not going to record so that I can actually experience the cocktail fully and, and see everybody. And so, uh, there is no live poorly edited poor <laughs> background noise hard to yeah, hear it would have been loud too with their sound. very loud yeah. but i did make a post in the market proof marketing facebook group and i'll add it over in linkedin as well you can use a, a tool called racket it's racket.com r-a-c-k-e-t we'll put the link in the show notes and also the link is in the facebook group but it's a uh, it's kind of like loom where you don't have to install any software there's nothing to do if, if you click the link it takes you to my racket page. You hit a button on your phone on that page and just has to make sure you, you give access to your microphone. And then you can essentially leave me a voicemail message right there from your device. So it's an easy way for hmm. audio to be shared back and forth. It does not have to be done at the same time. I could even go back in and use racket as a semi podcast tool and just take in everyone's questions and one at a time, play them and then respond to them and save that then as a racket or a podcast episode. So I just wanted to give everyone a chance to test this out with me and see if it's as easy as advertised it was when I tried it. Does it but, let other people listen to the audio or only yeah, you? Yeah, if I choose to publish it, it which I won't okay. on these questions, what cool. the plan here is it's just if you want to give feedback on your experience at, at this year's summit or Chicago summit, because there are a bunch of people who couldn't get tickets to, to it was a standing room only crowd again this year. Yeah, and so, it was our biggest one. If you want to share your key takeaway, your favorite moments, or just general good vibes about the event, feel free to click that link, record your racket, and then we'll just compile a couple of them and play them on a future episode. Or if you guys are super quick, we might edit it into the end of this episode. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. But let's do quick summit talk general, and then we'll talk about story time favorite most favorite moment, right? We start with story time and then we just devolve into a general summit yeah. conversation. Let's do that. All right. Let's, let's keep things in order. Jackie, it looked like you were giving me the look like, no, just stick with the plan, <laughs> Kevin. I don't know. It's kidding. Story time. Coming up. Oh, that's funny. All right, Jackie, what do you got? I will. I, I got a good story. So we're at cocktail reception and we kind of assign ourselves the DYC team to be like, all right, go, go find the lost puppies. If anyone is looking around, like go, go buddy them up, do a buddy system, make sure everyone has someone to talk to. And so I see these two, it was a marketing professional, online sales professional. And I walk up to them and I'm like, Hey, what do you guys, you guys look like you need someone like, who can I point you in the direction of? And the one girl goes, I really want to talk about content. I really just 
I, I need a better idea of content. I just, is there someone you can point to? And Sarah Titus is walking behind me at that moment. And just like, Sarah. So Sarah and her um, so connected perfect. and then it turned out, oh, it was match made in heaven. Yeah. I was like, this is the person you want her panels tomorrow on, on content. And it turned out they did want to learn more about um, actually social media content and how that structure looks. And so Sarah was even able to just go, oh, here's what I can tell you. And here's who I can tell you on our team. And then walked them over there and, and just able to continue those conversations. And I, I think that's just one thing that we joked, I think, at the beginning of the summit, like what is this summit's a little different because the feedback has always been, what's your favorite part of the summit? Is it this? Is it that? No, it's the people. And we're like, what? You know, we're not chop livers. So I think that shift in focus to the panelists, the summit, you know, hands down, we keep hearing it was the best one yet. And so I, I think just making those connections and people to be friends and, and continue conversations going on and challenging people when they left was my my big spiel about it. But um, yeah, that's, that was my that's biggest definitely takeaway. a big part of it. I remember cool. there was... I mean, it was 10 minutes in and Mike was talking on the main stage and I saw two people in the back row that I, I knew them both and I knew that they should know them both. And they were sitting right next to each other. I'm like, Hey, do you know this person? No. Do you know this person? Nope. Oh, uh, you should. And I and did. then I came back like 10 minutes later and I was like, I just made new best friends. This is, yeah, this is great. Yeah. My favorite moment was similar. We were not more than 10 minutes into the marketing specific track in the afternoon. And I like to just throw questions out and get, um, crowd response and things going. And it normally takes a little while. And within that first five minutes, people just started talking to each other. I forget what, what we were talking about, but I was asking questions and I think it was Rachel from Keystone Custom Homes was just like, well, what do you think about that? This, uh, and back to another person. I was like, this is great. You guys just go like, like talk. And this was the first time where I felt like the majority of people in the room were, were sticking with us and got it in, mm -hmm. in air quotes, like the topics being discussed were important to everyone. They were able, some years we've gotten maybe overly technical or in the weeds. And so you can just see that some people aren't, that their they're, maybe they're just start like defocusing. Yeah. Like, or their builder just isn't there yet. Like they're still trying to just cover the very, very basics of having a decent website or getting, you know, renderings done on, on floor plans, mm -hmm. some of those things. And it felt like this was a more progressive overall group of people than we've had in the past. And I would say even 10, five to 10% of the group was even more progressive in the right, like they were actively doing things that were ahead of the curve beyond where they should. And they were doing them correctly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, so that was just really exciting. I, I called it one point. I was like, this is arc 2.0 right here. Like if we were going to, um, start over in new home digital marketing, <laughs> the people in this room, it was, it was, it was awesome. That's funny. Yeah. I'd say my favorite one was I hosted the video panel and this mm -hmm. is like the same line of thinking of like why you need to get together with people or just expand. Doesn't have to be in person could be digitally, but people were just like, I was watching the faces of everyone while these videos were playing from Ryan Snar Destination Homes and then Shane Austin from Abrazo Homes, both who create non-standard, not so typical videos, but they're not out there where you're like, what the heck did I just watch? Like they're done extremely well and they're interesting and they, st and they fit their brands perfectly. And everyone's faces were just like, are you kidding me? Like we could do things like this. I didn't know I had permission to do these things. It's like all mm -hmm. the, like, I saw these lights just going off, like, oh my goodness, like my world has changed. And it was just awesome to see that. Like you've, you expanded, even though those videos are on YouTube and they're on Facebook all over the place, 
just seeing it in person than having the story of like, here's why we made that decision. Here's why we chose that music. Here's why we did all these things that typically you do not get to have this discussion about with anybody except yourself and maybe like the single video person that you work with. And now you have like someone who's created hundreds of videos or two people actually in, in getting these really, really interesting questions asked and, um, to them. It was, and my it was favorite a lot of fun. Was that one of them creates a video and one of them hires someone to create yes, their vision. It was, and it's it kind of perfect. like, you don't have to do it all, but, and here's the steps to understand from each side of the the coin there. Yep. So, and here's like, if you're hiring someone, like here's kind of like the, like the model, like here's like the standard of like, here's what that person should kind of look like. And if you want to direct the videos and have much more input, not direct, maybe the help produce content, mm -hmm. creative director, uh, whatever you want to call the, that role. But like, here's kind of the things you should, you should know, like maybe you're not as creative or maybe you are as creative and you're like, oh, I could do this. I just need to brush up on some technical video things and I could be there. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's very cool. Yeah. I, the, one of the most common things about this was uh, I was on a call with someone pretty quickly afterwards and they said, you know, you've been talk, telling us for three or four years now, Kevin, to get the content made. And then they said this year was the year where it really struck me that I, we've made the content, but there's so much of it that's not organized, not easy for marketing to go, you know, we're sending people to go take a picture that we've already taken twice. We just forgot where it was. We don't reuse the content we've created enough uh, unique ways. And that the idea that all this content being created is overwhelming to maintain, let alone maintain and continue to innovate on at the same time. And then, then you have a tough choice to make of, do we uh, go all in and have someone on the team who's making that content? Is that, does that make sense, you know, for a builder, if, if the drive from one end of your community offerings to another is 10 hours, is one person going to cover all that geography? Yeah. Do we have to look, think about someone who is a producer uh, prep strategy around content and doing the cleanup curation, but obviously can't do the shooting, but we work with outside teams. So one of the other big Wiles was when I think it was Sarah Titus was talking about the fact they have four different photographers that they use For and everyone kind of like, yeah. Oh, I have one photographer and I kind of like them, but not really. And maybe it's because not every photographer is good at shooting everything. And, and, and so it's not just because of availability that she has four, but they all have different strengths and weaknesses and depending on what the outcome of the image being used is, is it for a hero image on the website? Is it for a customer testimonial blog post or video segment? I, I might need people with different skill sets. Yeah, oh, that was interesting. I, too. Think, I think, yeah, seeing all these things in person, hearing other people do it. And maybe it's cliche to say like you're now people are like, oh, I mentally have this permission to have three or four or five different photographers mm -hmm. for whatever I want. Like, whereas before they might have felt guilty, like, oh, that's my person. I'm not giving them the job. Like, they'll be upset with me. Like, OK, like don't make your choices based on like, if you're going to offend someone uh -huh. in that regard, like you, you need the right pictures and content. Yeah. People, people definitely went away. Oh yeah. What's that quote? The overalls quote, like get your overalls oh, yeah. on and get back. So back um, work. yeah, I'm excited to see so many people do that. Yeah. I, I think um, for those of you who are not able to attend, just doing a quick rundown of at least that the first half of the day is when we try to cover the big topics and give big picture. And um, we might be able to splice in over time some of the different um, portions of talks from the event. Mm -hmm. 
But I think there's a point where Mike and I always, every year, we try to go rapid fire back and forth on a couple of different points. And so I'll just talk about the marketing ones now. Maybe when Mike comes on, he can talk about the uh, online sales and sales related items. But my number one was that hybrid is new black in terms of uh, thinking about how do we rethink what we're doing and, and what, how we might need to continue to change it is that there's an overwhelming focus on technology. And here is the new way to buy from us. And it's all technology related or virtual or buy now, whatever, whatever it is, but not giving customers a choice is the wrong answer. Um, hybrid and options. It's, it's always yes. And not this or that. And customers want to have the flexibility of at any point in time, being able to raise their hand and say, I would like a human now, please. And that might be very early on in the middle or at the end of the process. And they might change their mind at any time and they should have the right to do that. And, and the idea that we have to be building hybrid systems, not just here's a new way to buy a house from us uh, and it must be done with the AI chatbot, et cetera, as the answer. Uh, my second point was that we're confusing kind of roles a little bit. And I summed it up as just saying motivation. Uh, we need to rethink motivation and how we motivate people and that we're, we're not all Richard Simmons. We can't all just be that super high energy. Uh, everyone has different roles. And so the way that I tried to break it down and it's scary to do this with Jeff Shore in the audience, um, especially when I started talking about sales, <laughs> but yeah, you know, just realizing that the three main roles here is that advertising is there to shift people's attention into interest in your product. So its job is to grab that attention of the customer and help shift it into interest of, hmm, this might be a fit for me. I want to go uh, deeper, learn more, uh, discover more about this offering. Marketing's job is to build certainty through content. And that's not content like videos uh, and pictures necessarily, although that is part of it, but just having a website, the content on the site, the price point, uh, the renderings, the floor plans, all of the content is ultimately there to provide certainty. We can sell a little bit in that, but if we, if we let sales permeate the marketing too much, it doesn't feel genuine. It doesn't feel authentic or transparent. And that's a turnoff to today's consumer. And so then that leads us to what sales role is. And I, I think it just brings the motivation to actually make the change that you think you want to make. It's the counselor role. It's, and, and yes, that does involve closing and it involves discovery and all these other things, but more and more we've blurred the lines, especially during the pandemic. I was on a call today with um, a builder from up North in the U S and said, so, you know, if we were to rewrite these, it'd be like sales job is to accept the transaction marketing's job and online sales job is to qualify uh, people so that the acceptance of the transaction runs as smoothly as possible. And advertising's job is to put people on wait lists. And so we, we've kind of forgotten the different roles here and that advertising can't solve every problem. Marketing can't solve every problem. And just making sure that we keep those things lined up. And then the last one, which I thought was the most fun to deliver, although it was the most risky, maybe three minutes of talking that I've ever done publicly <laughs> was that digital natives, which are these people who are comfortable oh. with technology from the beginning versus a digital immigrant, digital natives have to be free to lead initiatives at home builders and developers around the country. And I, I think I've said this on the podcast before, but I'm not voting for anyone else who can't as president, who can't install and uninstall an app on their phone without help from a child or grandchild. Like, you have to be able to install and uninstall an app on your phone or I don't want you to lead this country. 
similarly speaking, we have too many people in leadership positions who don't fully understand technology and they're making decisions about where to invest and what to build. Meanwhile, you know, the, the Gen Xers, the millennials of the world who have put in the time are not being fully valued and given opportunities to lead or, or, and we talked a little bit about this later, or you're just too darn scared to push for the leadership that you are ready for or the, the, um, authority and responsibility. But for whatever reason, we've got too many people who don't understand technology making and driving marketing technology decisions and the results are disastrous. Mm-hmm. And, um, we can talk about that in buy online. We can talk about that with how artificial intelligence has been implemented, but we just, we gotta, we gotta get braver as a, as a group of people who do understand this and really have the tough conversations and not be scared. Like at the end of the day, you lose a job in this market because you told truth to power. Well, guess what? Someone's probably out there ready to pay you 10% more, pay all of your uh, moving fees or say you can work virtually from wherever you want to and you'll find a better company culture. So wh- what are we all afraid of? And by we all, I mean you all. Because I'll happily... But that's part of the problem is they're like, Kevin, can you talk to my boss about this? Because I don't... Mm. Like, no, I'm, I'm done with that. Mm-hmm. I need to tell him. I love it. So. All right, let's go back through story time quickly anything non-summit related andrew you got something for us non-summit yeah um i guess i'll do two really quick one there's a neighbor that's selling his home for sale by owner and he just recently put a sign on the corner of the street it's it's pretty busy street i put in the facebook group and i'm like this is like a ransom letter this sign it's terrifying and then the listing i knew the listing was terrible and i'm like this this is so bad the hard part like a garage sale sign. That, well, it and you can't does. see it. I'll just try to give some context. So and it's, he has um, for sale by owner, and then he's used paper and tape to the put address. in handwritten parts of part of it's handwritten. Part of it looks like it's written by someone else with a different pen. It's terrifying. But the address Carl, and Carl then the old plan system. ahead joke, right? Like if you've seen that plan ahead with a head is all scrunched because you ran out of space. Mm-hmm. Um, He's got yes. the last three digits of the phone number are on another part of the sign. Or so oh it just no, says the, um, it's 332 three, 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 pool. It's a, it's a three, three, two, three bedroom, three bath, two car garage. Oh well, what is the six, eight, eight dash Oh nine, two, one part. I think, I think you have to number. assume, you know, the, you're already, you know, the local. area code. Okay. You know the so area code. It's not a cell yeah, phone. We only, from one another... area, we only have one area code down here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what if he's from, not... I mean, I still have a four, one, two area code. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm in Columbus, Ohio. I'm Jacksonville, but I'm down here in Tampa. Yeah. yeah, that's a little, yeah, it's, the whole thing's a mess. The sad part is like, this is the least attractive floor plan that KB put in, I think to lower the price. And so it's, it's like 900 square feet per floor, which feels like a small apartment. And so it, I'm sure it doesn't show well, if you can even, it's just disastrous. I'm like, it's been 47 days listed. Like there's no reason it shouldn't have sold. There's obviously something well, wrong. Well, that reminds every, me of that Every article. 5P of marketing is, is broken. Yeah, then you have that post, Kevin, where it was like, oh, my house hasn't sold in two weeks. There's something wrong with it. But right. I have to say, yeah. if a house hasn't sold in 40 days in this market, you're like, yeah, okay, here, something. There's, there's, there's nothing new. There's mm-hmm. nothing new. And then my second story is I did a um, Starbucks mobile order pickup. Just that was fitting the time. I was bringing Lindsay coffee. It was supposed to be a pumpkin spice latte. And I put mine in, put hers in. I'm like, all right, I'm timing this. I have like 20 minutes, five there, five. I was like, this is great. I'll, I'll make it. I get there. And then the, the door is locked. Like what, what in the world what? It has like this handwritten sign. There's like the official Starbucks sign cafes closed, come inside for mobile orders. And I expected like the chairs to be on the table, like upside down, like, you know, you can't sit down, but you could still get your mobile order and leave. 
No, what the heck? And so then the drive-thru is like 20 plus cars deep going on the road. It's a mess. I call them up like, hey, got a mobile order. Like, are we allowed to come in? What's the deal? Like, no, you have to go through the drive-thru. I'm like, but I did a mobile order. I'm so confused. Like, well, I'm like, how do I get a refund? Like, well, you could come back later after two o'clock and get your order. That's when the shift, the full shift will be here. Or you can come back tomorrow and get the refund. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I just left and I went through corporate and they hooked me up with a refund but and all this stuff. But it, it is, did, did my talk about hybrid, is that where that comes from? The of hybrid like, was, I, that's you what have made me to do it this way. It's like, why? It's like, mm-hmm. if the option's there, it's like, this is. I chose the option like, that was more just, comfortable for me and I know and, people expected and you did not deliver. And so I didn't move forward. With and you. I assume if there's like a staffing issue, which I, I say this was, even though I don't know why a mobile order would change the staffing requirements because you just come in and pick it up. I don't know. I don't work at Starbucks. Maybe there is. I'd assume that they could communicate with whoever to like no mobile orders out of location today and they could click a button. And that has happened because the location by me just randomly one day, it's like this location is not accepting mobile orders. Yeah. Oh. So like, so I'm like, okay. Yeah. And I kind of assumed that that would happen. I know Chick-fil-A does that, like that we had a tornado last night. And so we went to go pick up food and they they were not doing um, the car. I forgot the mobile pickup where they bring it out to your car because there's still lightning. We wouldn't have made people go out in the lightning. We're, we're not terrible people, but like they disabled it. And I was like, I don't know how much notice, like the storm came through. They turned it off within a few moments because of inclement weather. So yeah, what a mess. I was like, are you kidding me? And I felt it's, I don't get upset. I don't get angry, but I was like, are you kidding me? Like I was, I was actually upset. Like they got me going and it was for a $10 Starbucks order of like my expectations were just not met. Can you imagine if there's a website, a home builder is like schedule your appointment and you show up and the model home doors are locked and you've had a confirmed appointment. Yes. That chaos. And Can like you imagine if you reserved reserve. a home site for two weeks and no one called and you, you like, and then really and believe it. And like you just closed on your, or like you have mm-hmm. like your closing date for your existing home and you're like, oh, this is great. Yeah. Like you're losing your money. credibility. Like you'd be furious, disappointed, like every emotion you'd run through them all. You'd be like, I'm never talking to that builder again. I don't care what they do. Maybe that's unreasonable, but I don't know. Emotions drive a lot of decision-making. So they do. They do. And speaking of high emotions, uh, we listed our house on Zillow for sale by owner yesterday. Does your sign have your area code? We don't have a sign. Oh, where's your sign? No digital <laughs> sign. No like Batman like signal to the clouds. No, really and that's cool. what's interesting to me. Well, first of all, why now? Because our house finally has made it into drywall, and so nice. the, you know, the the number of things, and and we've been able to confirm that the hardwood floor is in stock and cabinets are on their way. So can pretty well project and at least be able to tell a potential buyer, hey, we're going to have to lease back for this much time from you couple of tweaks that I'm doing this time and it'll be interesting to see. I'll, I'll keep everyone informed. Normally I pay, you know, $250 to get it added to the MLS through a flat fee structure. I chose not to do that this time. That also means it's not on realtor.com or anywhere else. It's just on Zillow as a for sale by owner, which, you know, people have to click on the other homes tab. Yeah. I learned that it's not in the front and center of everyone. Um, and I didn't put out a sign. And part of that is just still almost every home in our area has actually price reductions on it of 10 to Mm $20,000 because people just had completely unrealistic expectations. I mean, there is a house um, less than 0.1 miles away from me that's listed for basically a million dollars and they just built it six months ago and moved in at like 800. 
And that's, I mean, that's yeah. just, I mean, there's just craziness going on. I posted the details of the home in our community Facebook group, which there's no other homes for sale, uh, resale homes in our neighborhood at all. So it's like, Hey, pick your neighbors, um, created a Facebook ad, created an Instagram ad, um, little different formats, um, that I'm testing out as well. And this would not apply nice. to necessarily to home builders, but we'll, more, more on that to come. So I've spent $37 so far and, You're um, a big spender. Yeah. Big, big spender <laughs> between Instagram and Facebook, driving all that traffic to my Zillow page. And so we've got 1300 views and 29 saves of the house in the first day and a half. Seems or I guess promising. Two full days now. Yeah. And so that, that volume and save volume in comparison to other homes is dramatically different. And that again, whether that's just social proof or real, because I know, I think Mike is one of the, cause he got an open house alert. So Mike's one of those 29 saves, but he, he probably saved all of our homes. Like, Oh, Andrew, seven your house. Let me just buy it from you. Like we're good. Let's just that's kind of my experiment here <laughs> is if I don't spend the 250 to list in the MLS and add that 250 to additional exposure on Instagram and Facebook, I think I'm going to net out. Okay. And I so want to know what happens if you like you add MLS tomorrow, will that go from you're at like 500 ish views per day? Like what happens? That's, I don't know if that ruin the experiment, but like, does it go to 1500 and that's MLS views? Yeah. Well, if, it might simply because I'm not on that other tab. Yes. That's one. Right. But I don't know I'm, if that's the right experiment to run. Cause that's, is that really MLS or is that just getting on the normal part of Zillow? And yeah. of course builders stuff is also often on the other tab as well. So I'm kind of in the same boat as, uh, as those of you listening. But what I do know is that I've gotten six requests for showing. We're not doing private showings. We're doing a one public open house on September 5th. Feel free to stop by, say hello if you're in the area. <laughs> but everybody at my homes. Yeah. <laughs> Who else? Yeah. We have like a thousand people there. I just want to say hi. And then I've had about 20 real estate agents reach out over phone, oh primarily God. text, which is maybe not surprising, but surprising for me because they have the ability to fill out a form. It also says here's the person's phone number. Three phone calls, probably in, uh, between realtors and actual buyers themselves. Three phone calls, about 26 text messages, and no emails, no form completions on Zillow's site. So people just see that number, text it, see what happens first because they don't want to. They don't want to talk. Um, but most of those are agents saying, "Hey, I can help you sell your house." I'm like, "Hey, my backup is a great gentleman named Sean Carpenter. I don't need you." Um, they're often confirming like, well, will you pay a buyer's commission? Um, it's, but the, the agents are having no difficulty finding this home either because their clients are telling them we would have interest in it or because listings are of such short supply still that that's where I, again, I don't feel like I need to be on the MLS at this point because yeah, they, the MLS is about alerting agents they found you or so. But of course the whole Zillow different tabs thing is still part of that experiment. Imagine too. if it what if like a hundred agents reach out? You'd be like, are you kidding me? Like turn my phone off. It'd be interesting to see if there's any crazy agent. Um, I, I think a few people in the group that are listening, they follow the broke agent, which is a mm -hmm. Instagram account. He's making fun of realtors as a realtor. It's great. It's, it's, it's awesome content to see if there's any outrageous text to you about your home that could then like, I want to see you featured on the broke agent as, cause they're always like tearing apart for sale by owners. Oh yeah. They're so like, like you may not know. Thing. But there's this thing called the MLS that gives you exposure to 8,000 real estate professionals. 
like, heard really? that. Or one person was like, you know, so if your house hasn't sold in a week and you're feeling uncertain, feel free to let me know. And I was like, well, here's the deal. We're not doing an open house for almost two weeks from now. And then they're going to, the buyer's going to have to let us live here until our new home is done. So like, don't bother calling me again in a week because it's going to be yeah, a while and good. I'm not worried. <laughs> it's okay. Oh man. I'd like turn my phone off. I'm excited to hear the <laughs> update for next week on this. Yeah. Thing. And I'm excited to be able, I got my wife to agree to the, the open house date and time. So now I can create another ad that just promotes the open house and that uh, as we get closer to that as well. So that, I'm, I'm really interested to see how many people show up for the open house. If anyone gets in fist fights over. Are you doing a food truck um, or balloon animals? Right. Yes. All like of that. those things. Yes. There'll be gift cards and discounts and incentives for everyone who attends. A, it's going to be um, marvelous. A, a Yeti cooler or whatever the <laughs> expensive ones are. Giveaway to show up. <laughs> yeah. So. And even like when we sold our last house in Pittsburgh, I made paper flyers for everyone to take away who attended the open house. That's not happening either. Right. Like no. it just continues to evolve. Okay. So. <laughs> All right, moving on to the news. First up uh, from yahoo.com, Pulte Ventures with, uh, integrates with a company called Mine, M-I-N-E, to provide an innovative technology to help customers furnish their new home. And essentially what this is, is, well, Mine is a company that lets you order furniture. And apparently they've teamed up with Pulte to, and I don't know if you guys got clarity on this. I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent certain if these are actual homes. Well, no, they are because it's got addresses here. So mm -hmm. these are actual models being, um, fulfilled, designed and installed by this company, I would assume, or their designers are using furniture from this company. And so you can see a list of what is in the home and order it if you want. I think it's super cool. I, I feel like that is the model home experience is you go in, you're like, oh my gosh, this is, I just want to live in this home. Mm -hmm. But then you're like, how do I make it look like this? Especially if there's any builders that are like, oh, yeah, sorry, you can't order that cool wall that has like the ship lap or whatever accent on there. But if you're like, I could be like 90% of this, like there's a picture down, you're scrolling down, Kevin, of the office. I'm like, that's a nice looking office. And it's, it's shifting not, responsibility. Or is that a dining room? I don't know what it is, but you're like, I want this. And so this will let you just, get yeah. all of it. Yeah. And I like that it's shifting the responsibility to the homeowners or, or not even, you know, it's, it's appealing to, well, I don't want to buy this home, but I was inspired and it's solving the problem of, I'm sure so many people listening are like, you know, how many calls we have to fill to what was that table in that model home from three years ago? And can I have access to it? And so, um, I really, I think this is a really creative idea. It's, you know, Pulte is acting as the Instagram influencer telling you what to get. And, um, I, I would really love to see the data on this and how successful, um, it is. And I also what, you know, their profit margins are, I'm sure. Cause they have to make a yeah. cut of this. Cause this definitely leans on the luxury side. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just looking at the prices here. Like it, it'd be interesting if there's, if they also do more price ranges, uh, maybe it doesn't make sense for them as far as they need only higher end product, um, staged in the homes. So for example, no people can't see this, but we're looking at a coffee table that's a thousand forty nine dollars, and that's yeah. one of the items that they're like yeah. in this a room. media console that's three thousand mm -hmm. dollars, a a couch that is forty four hundred dollars. So yeah, it's not um, not Target, Kohl's but the homes or look Target. Like they're or, well, I don't know what area they're in, so that's our it's the hard part. I don't know. It could be probably like five hundred to like some 
too. And is that the first builder we've seen? Like this is the first one who's, I think, significantly embraced this kind of model home influencer aspect. And um, uh, yeah, it's another level. Now there's things kind of beyond the surface here to consider. One is what is Pulte getting out of this relationship? Are they getting a percentage of everything that's sold? Are they getting discounted or free merchandise in their models? Are they perhaps getting free photography by the company as well of those models? So there's lots of less than obvious ways that the builder could be winning here, not just the promotion, the promotional aspect or the informational aspect to the customer of finally, I can see what all is in this model home. Um, but there's, it's not necessarily the first, it might be the largest and it looks like a pretty good implementation of it, um, that Pulte has done. I met with a company called Feather, livefeather.com about a month and a half ago. And it's similar approach to what mine is doing. All of their furniture is created for them by them and it's all sustainable and eco-friendly. Um, and so what, what they were interested in talking to me about was, Hey, we would love to find builders right now. They're currently in New York city, California, Texas, Virginia, Maryland, and DC, but they weren't able to scale up their, their original target audience was people who live in an urban environment and just want to rent their furniture. So they provide the design services. They, in 15 days after you decide what you want, shows up in your house, gets installed, put on the wall, whatever you want, white glove service. So the idea was builders could use this as a Netflix-like service f- to furnish their model homes. And again, similarly, you could curate and say, oh, I'd like this um, this furniture in my home. Uh, they also provide a service where if anything breaks or is, is damaged, they just come and replace it. So it's not just renting and then your dog chews it up and it looks like crap and you're still renting, paying the same amount for that chewed up table. Um, so, so there are lots of companies around this space. There's also other companies in, um, looking at doing things with artificial intelligence that I can't talk about yet. But what Pulte is doing right now with physical furnishings and physical model homes, there are there are companies working to do the same thing at scale for every builder in the country with a snap of a finger. And Be pretty you know, cool. here's the here's the furniture from Target, from Pottery Barn, from lots of different places, not just a curated place like mine or feather. So this is definitely coming. And what's interesting is right now, this is all being given away for free. And one of the other things that we've talked about at the summit and on the podcast for a while is the need for more and more first party data. And this is one of those reasons I've said for a long time, if you want to get more people to register or to give you their contact information, when they visit a physical model, say, Hey, we will send you a list of what is in this home. Uh, And it seems like this is another opportunity uh, to encourage registration you're looking at photo galleries of all the models, but a little call to action might say, Hey, would you like to see the list of what all this stuff is and be able to purchase it yourself or add to cart? All we need is your email address and or phone number to do that. And now you've got first party data that you can use to, to power all of your other marketing efforts much earlier in the process. So it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Check out the link in the show notes. Um, Good job, Pulte on innovating. Mm-hmm. And also good job on not creating a headline that says um, builder first to solve all furniture needs virtually for all customers everywhere. <laughs> That's an inside <laughs> joke, I guess, for those of you following along uh, regularly on the mean. podcast. All right. Um, next up, the Toll Brothers CEO from CNBC.com 
says the drop in crazy high lumber prices will save about 40 grand per house. But don't expect the prices to drop 40,000. He's talking about profit know, margins, right? Yeah. right? Yep. And he said uh, second half of 2022, 2022. That just sounds wrong. And 22 next year. Yeah. John Burns um, shared an interesting piece on LinkedIn. I don't know that I'll be able to find it fast enough, but he basically said um, 2021 compared to 2020. On average, these large builders' margins, their gross margins had improved anywhere from 2.5% up to 7.9%, I think. Wow. So it's definitely a tale of two cities or multiple cities here on some builders. Every builder is saying, oh my gosh, these costs are crazy. We just can't control it. And some are you know, laughing all the way to the bank. Can't control it, but still making more than I ever have. And then there's other builders who are definitely... You know, scrounging around to try to break even, make sure they're not building and selling these homes for practice. But the efficiencies of those uh, larger builders like Toll is definitely going to help profitability in 2022. Yeah, that last line there, this, the stock of Toll Brothers is up more than 50%. So I'm sorry, 46% so far this year definitely is a reason why they released this. Like, okay, we'll just keep us in mind for next year we'll too. We'll sneak that so, in there. Yeah, yeah. Imagine next year when our costs go down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get on our interest lists. Right. But it'll still make all the data look interesting because if if their margins are higher, they may not be interested in starting as many homes, especially if they're not pre-sold. Uh, so depending yeah. on how the consumer acts, it, it, the data is going to still be hard to analyze mm-hmm. uh, for quite a while, it sounds like. All right. Next up from techcrunch.com, Instagram is ditching swipe up links in favor of stickers. Hmm. I don't feel more, like Jackie. people know this yet. I was telling Kevin and Andrew Rip for the podcast how I'm I actually cool found enough. out about this. I know, right? I don't have 10,000 followers. followers or a verified <laughs> account, which I'm, I am working on. One thing it said is they're just changing it to stickers. Um, they've been experimenting for a few months, and now it's going to roll out um, at the end of this month, which August, you know, what is that, less than a week. So in terms of do you have to freak out? Not a lot of us have over 10,000 followers on Instagram, so we'll have to see how it is. And also um, just for those of you who the word sticker is confusing, anytime you're doing a story and you, you know, when you're tagging someone, you're adding a GIF, you're, you do, those are all considered mm-hmm. stickers. So it's that, that functionality. You'll just add a follow this link sticker. Yeah. So, so I think what'll be interesting is to see how influencers will apply it. So for example, if we're using the, the a picture of that living room of Pulte, who just talked about that couch and say, instead of saying swipe up to, to see, you know, they can just put that link directly on top of this couch and yeah, say, here's the link for this couch, cool you know? Yeah. I, I actually think it's really cool. Um, so I, we'll see next week how it's implemented. Um, if you see changes to your Instagram, and my hunch um, is that means they'll be able to do multiple stickers. That's on a post. Thing. It could we'll go. Our fingers. Matt. Yeah. Or if you have enough followers and you had like, here we have five quick move-ins mm-hmm. and you could like mm-hmm. this one, this one, this one, this one, this one, and have them ha- all. Having multiple exit points out of a story is something new. Yep. Or would be something I new. I hope they have that. I'm going to have it with the, I forgot the feature, like the e-commerce shopping feature. Yeah. We could have someone like, here's their shoes, socks, pants, shirt, hat, mm-hmm. and there's multiple options on their site. So I'd, I'd assume they, they're doing the same thing. Well, you could color code like a grid system of your marketplace and like Northeast quadrant, Southwest quadrant, et cetera, and just have four and do essentially a quasi collection ad in story format and say, search for homes in your part of town. So how do we get 10,000 followers, Kevin? I don't know. I'm not selling (laughs) homes in multiple parts of town. I'm good. 
I'm good. I don't need, but I'm again, the functionality <laughs> exists without 10,000 followers if you want to pay for it. So mm-hmm. again, if we believe this is an important place to be, we're going to have to put some money where our mouth is and yeah. you'll be able to run ads with similar functionality for sure. For sure. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Pretty neat. Yeah, Always cool. something changing. Instagram being a little innovative there. Yeah. Let's hop first over to support.google.com. Oh, what a website. great place Talking, to live. And we, we t- said this was coming uh, several months ago on the podcast, but Google lead form ads. So this is similar functionality um, to Facebook lead ads. Google says, I want some of that. Yeah. And yeah. at the time we were kind of already like, but we don't like Facebook lead ads. So why would we love Google lead ads? Is there anything different here that's happening, Andrew, that makes us feel like... I don't see anything different because it's the same thing. And Search Engine Journal, um, they they had this nice pros and cons list that I, yeah, I I pretty much um, agree with most of them on. But I'll do the cons because I think there's more cons than there are pros. But the big one is traffic does not lead to your website. So anyone that does submit the form on there did not see anything. All they saw were those beautiful text links, maybe an image link if you're one of those... Uh, folks who have that, but again, part of the problem with advertising is it gets the attention, but we always want to try to qualify that attention yes. in the ad itself. And mm-hmm. that's why landing pages and websites are so important is they give so much more information so that the end result is typically a higher quality lead. And I think some people might hear, or some people might want to implement this because they're, they want to be innovative. They want to try oh, I know. Things. I know people who want to implement this just to say, see, I fixed the lead problem. Yep. See, I did <laughs> it. And they'll like, I'm gonna even out of the office remark- for the next 30 days, we got more leads than we can handle again. See, I'll, oh, imagine the leads would be crazy. Even doing this on like branded terms or remarketing, I think is still a terrible idea. Oh, that's um, downright like devious. I feel like there. that's where I feel like other groups might push that because mm-hmm. they're like, well, they've already been in your website. Like you could, you could definitely sell that. Like they've been to your website. We're only going to people who've been there the yeah. past 14 days or some you know, way to be like, these should be really good leads. Mm-hmm. Probably not. Yeah. I, I, I also think this is because lead attribution, generally speaking, is getting tougher and tougher and tougher with privacy and, and for, for many reasons. And Google ads are one of those things that over time, I'm talking like over the last 10 years, one of the things you can definitely see is a decrease in attribution directly to Google ads and Google ads falling into the same pattern as social ads where they're getting partial credit or no credit and the traffic's coming back around through organic. And, and so this is another way where if you're pressuring your, your partner or internal employee of you need to get attribution directly to Google up, just be careful. Yep. Like, are we using lead yeah, ads? Only, like when it pops worse. back up and it says, Oh, we've got all this great attribution to Google ads. Just ask the question. Did we what's, change anything? What's crazy here? is like my, you know, many moons ago when I was doing e-commerce and like I would test a ad versus an ad, run it for a week. And there'd be like 70 sales on that ad. And then like 23 on the other ad. I'm like, oh, well, I wonder which one's better. Like for a single ad, you know, we don't have that type of volume in, in home building where that's a hundred sales in a seven day period. So I, I it's always felt like, oh, there's not much attribution anyways. Like how do we... I don't know. We just, you definitely have to guide by principle mm-hmm. versus like, oh, uh, what, what's the attribution say? Like, it's always going to, I think, could lead you astray and make, make bad decisions. 100%. All right. We're going to, we got one more news story from the Washington Post. But before we get there, I want to show you guys the first piece of content that I've set aside to talk about at the 2022 
summit in Phoenix. Um, sure. September 19th and 20th. Am I allowed to say that? Jackie will beep it you out are. if I'm not. But yep. um, yeah, at the Canby here gets uh, inside in info. Phoenix. We made it this um, far. But what I always do is I squirrel away content for the whole year. I'm just like, I don't know for sure that I'm going to use this, but I, but this showed up. I, I think again, John Burns, who's, who puts out great content. John Burns and Allie Wolf, probably my two favorite people to watch on LinkedIn and Twitter when they share information. But it's a it's a from the cover of Time Magazine in 1977. And it shows this, a house floating in the sky with a couple longingly looking up at the house they want. And it says, sky high housing, buildings up and prices are up. And it talks about the, you know, the average income in household income in 1977 was like $14,500. Mm-hmm. Interest rates were at 15% or higher. Ooh. And so again, it's just what, what's old is new again. And affordability has been a challenge for home builders for a long time. And so this is why you need to make friends with old people is they remember, they remember everything. what that was like and, and the things they had to go through. And you probably should talk to um, parents and relatives about like, what was it like buying a home in the seventies? Did we move? Did our family move? Um, it's just ways to get insights into, into that, a challenge that's likely ahead of us and only going to get worse. And that kind of leads into this article from the Washington post um, dated August 11th, where America's developed areas are growing, and in quotation marks, way off into the horizon. So urban sprawl is back. Um, and that in a recession periods, usually everyone refocuses on urban core and um, kind of the first ring, second ring communities. And whenever the market is hot, we just push out further and further into the horizon. Uh, some really cool infographics and, and charts on this one. Yeah. But Jackie, anything mm-hmm. in particular that caught your eye when you snag this article? No, I just, I just thought it was a great, um, I, I reference or, um, an article that any builder would, you know, want to spend their lunchtime glancing over. So feel free to enter your, I think your area location, see where yeah, you can put in your own county building. or zip code mm-hmm. and see kind of what's going on. So let's, let's do that. Let me put uh, in 43015 cool. Delaware, Ohio. Oh, Again, and open house in. on the fifth. If anyone's listening, that's a purple. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of purple. Yeah. So the purple are, um, new developed land. And this is pretty cool. Yeah. You know, yeah. For you guys watching right here, I live I'm, right here where this purple is. There's a lot of, um, but there's, there's a, a lot fair more, amount of purple. There's a lot more coming. Let's uh, put in my zip code and you're going to chuckle. Um, three, three, seven, seven, seven. And you'll see where I'm at. Well, if anyone listening, three, three, seven, seven, seven is my zip code. The yeah, island looking there, thing. There is no nothing. purple here, basically. Yeah, that's where you could, you might that's be able to, it'll be interesting. Yeah, I'm in the middle where it says Bartmore, but then you see the surrounding where Tampa is and that's where all the purple is, but where I'm, I'm not lying when I'm like, there's literally nothing new. And so our neighborhood was a unicorn and sold out like super fast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's all the purple stuff. The villages, if you click the villages, <clears throat> the largest retirement community ever. I just watched the documentary on it, on the, uh, the plane ride out to Plane mm-hmm. ride. What is what is a part of my my flight out to Texas? Um, some kind of heaven. I definitely recommend it. It it is very interesting. But that thing is like doubled in size, mm-hmm. and it's a giant community. It's a city. It's it's its own functioning thing. It's yeah, huge. Yeah, it's this crazy. is a really cool tool. I mean, when you look visually at a market like Houston or Phoenix, like Phoenix is not precise, but it just appears like about a fourth of what I'm looking at is purple. Or you're like that entire Southeast was not there. 
and now 270 square miles it says since 2001 that's a lot yeah so you know this is the challenge for marketers is as we go further and further out a lot of times we're beating the typical amenities that would be around a community so there might not be retail nearby there might not be office nearby and so it feels different and that that's a challenge of how do we position this why do we talk about what what is the unique selling proposition the good news is uh, a lot less people driving to work on a regular basis hybrids back there as well and so mm-hmm. maybe people are more comfortable driving for affordability is what we used to call it um, super, super fun. Yeah. I'm article. sure land acquisition Interactive has a tool tools, like yeah. this, but it'd be interesting oh, if yeah. a tool that yeah. is, uh, like with a gradient as far as like one oh, year yeah. back the, to 20 that's, years. That's what the folks at Zonda are all about. They, when they, um, Zonda conducts free trial. Builder Magazine, um, Metro study. And I mean, and now they're using, um, satellites to, to track, not just land being developed, but actual progress of houses you know, that used to, people used to have to count by hand. So that's all crazy. that's available to the nationals and, and people who pay for that service at the tap of a button or pull it up on an iPad and you can see super granular detail uh, beyond what, but if you don't have that, this is, this is definitely something fun just to, to go click through and check out. Yeah. More Washington of. Post. Very cool. All right. That'll do it for this week for published articles, blog posts, videos, and more, check out deconvert.com. It's also the best way to find out how to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and everywhere else we are online. And don't worry, we got multiple interviews already done and in the can and more coming soon. So if you want to suggest additional people, we can start booking them out about a month or so. So no rush on anyone. But if there's someone that you haven't heard from and you'd like us to, to sit down and have a chat with, feel free to toss out that name. But We'll keep bringing you everything you need to know and the people you need to know. That's right. See you next week. See ya. Hey, everyone.